Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, people. How are we doing today? Are we loving God today? He is an amazing God. We want to welcome those that are watching via the internet or whatever your little gadget is today. You've tuned in with us here at Mosaic Church. You love Mosaic Church? For those of you that are watching around the world or wherever, especially in Oklahoma City, if you don't have a place to go to church, come and check us out here. I want to say hello to Pastor Mark today. He's given me an opportunity to be what I am, an assistant pastor. Amen. And so today we're going to have some fun today. I want you to reach down and, look, and pick up your Bibles and go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. And we're going to wear that verse out today, man. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. And I want you to stand up with me and hold your Bibles in the air. Uh, boy, let's give it up for Amy and our praise team today. Man, uh, they are amazing. Uh, I, I just enjoy listening to our praise team and Amy. She always does a great job. She blesses our heart. Do y'all believe that today? You agree with that today? Amen. Well, let's repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today, I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, somebody say, Woo! Amen. Thank God for a lively church. Hallelujah. Well, we just returned last night, got in late from a thunderous tent meeting out at the men's facility at Joseph Harp. They put a tent up out there and asked me if I'd come and be a part of that. And we saw the glory of God come down around and under that tent last night. A lot of hardened criminals gave their lives to Jesus Christ last night. And it, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. We took some of our team in last night. We had eight women that maybe that's why the tent was so filled up. But we had eight women with us last night that came and gave their, their testimonies about traveling through prison and what it took to uh, uh, deal with the prison inside, getting out, getting your children back. And most of them are well on their way. One of these days we'll have that same group of people that will come and we'll do a panel with them and you'll kind of get some insight on, on what we do behind the prison walls. Yeah, I, I found in the Bible, I, I had to get up early this morning because I was a little bit tired and weary from yesterday and putting sermons together for the prison yesterday and dealing with all of that. And so we unloaded all of that last night and I didn't think that sermon would work here. Sometimes you get a sermon and you warm it up for, the other, for, for another uh, church. But I didn't warm one up because God got me up this morning about four o'clock and I went back and I had some quiet time and I believe I found a word for us today. Amen. I found in the Bible where there are over 100 occurrences where men and women got weary in 13 different translations. How many of us have ever been weary before? You ever get tired? It doesn't matter if you have the biggest King James Bible in the state of Oklahoma. You do get tired every now and then. Doesn't matter if you're paying tithes and offerings and speaking in tongues and running your grandkids out the house. You still get tired. Can I get an amen? I'm trying to wake this crowd up. I know you've had a donut and some coffee, but I don't think that woke you up yet. 
And so we're going to see if we can get you all the way awake today. I'm reminded also of a man by the name of Asap. When he took his eyes off of God and began to look at the world, he, he said, I almost slipped from my salvation. He was tired of being good and doing good, and it seemed like the world was the only thing that was prospering. And he said when he took his eyes off of God, he almost slipped from his salvation. He said he had to go back to church to get that right. I mean, I know that church is important. I didn't have no sleep in when, I, when my mom, when I was living in my mother's house. I don't care if you were 90 years old in her house, you were going to church. And so we need to not give these kids those of you that are listening, your kids should not get that opportunity to make that decision. You need to get them up and say, in this house, in this house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I want us to look at a verse today that we're going to wear it out because there's so much in it today. Uh, it says in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, and here's what I want you to say with me before we read this verse I want you to say this with me. When I'm down to nothing, say it like you mean it. When I'm down to nothing, God is up to something. You believe that today? I'm telling you, it works every time. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something. But Isaiah today is going to remind us, and he tells us, he said, but those who hope in the Lord will do what? They will renew their strength. He says that they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And so when we have grown weary and tired and overwhelmed by the cares of this world, it is clear sign that we need to change what we're putting our hope in. I don't know what you're putting your hope in today, but if you're putting your hope in anything other than God, you're going to have a rocky, rocky time in your life. Amen. And we're going to talk about some things today. You cannot put your hope in your job because jobs change. Am I right about it? Has anybody ever walked in on a Monday morning and they said, well, you don't have a job anymore? Come on, somebody. You cannot put your hope in a job. And right now, a lot of people are saying the economy is this and the economy is that, but you still cannot put your hope in the economy because the economy can change. And not only that, they lie about the economy. I can't get no help in this house. They lie about it. They want to show you numbers. They want to show you this, that, and the other. We're not going to play politics today, but we're going to come pretty close. And so I want you to know today that you cannot put your hope in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C., because it's off the chart down there. And I want to tell y'all this right now. America is in trouble. I've been saying it now for I don't know how many years. It seems like since I'm the little shepherd boy that just goes out behind the prison walls, nobody, nobody believes me. But America is in trouble. Amen. But the word of God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their evil ways and pray, I will heal America. Amen. So it's not up to anybody in Washington, D.C. You cannot put your hope in anything that in Washington, D.C. People change and you cannot put your hope in people. I can stop right there and have revival. You cannot put your hope in people because people are fickle. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. And as much as we love the story about Joseph's journey from the pit to the palace, I find why Joseph was down in the bottom of a rat-infested dungeon. 
And he said to the cupbearer, and he had given the cupbearer some good news. He said, you're going to be reinstated. He prophesied to the cupbearer. He said, you're going to get your job back, man. You're going to do some great things. You're going to be reinstated back with Pharaoh. And Joseph said these things to, to a, a, a friend in Genesis 40 and verse 14. Now, when Joseph had done everything that he could for this person, you ever do something for somebody and you think you got something coming back your way? Let me give you some advice. When you do something for someone, you better forget it because they will. Amen. Just forget it. When you do something for someone, just forget it because they're going to forget it. It doesn't matter. And so here we are with Joseph, and he's looking for some hope. I, we all look for hope. Am I right about it? We all try to find some hope. If I'm in prison, I'm looking for some hope. And so Joseph has talked to this man. He has told him some good things about himself. And in Genesis 40 and 14 and 15, here's what Joseph said to him. He said, but when all goes well with you, he said, remember me and show me kindness and mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. And I'm sure when that cupbearer left, Joseph was jumping up and down. He was going, whoo, I got hope. He's going to go and he's going to tell Pharaoh that I've been thrown in this dungeon, in this rat infested jail. He's going to put a word in for me. Verse 15 says, tell him I was forcibly charged carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, even right now, tell him this, I've done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. But Genesis 41 and verse 1, it simply says, two years later, the cupbearer mentioned it. How'd you like to have a friend like that? How'd you like to have put your hope in somebody that's, you just helped them, you just told them to mention your, a word to, the, to Pharaoh, who's in the high authority, thinking that if you would just mention him and tell him I've been good, I've been decent, that he'll get me out of here. But my Bible tells me that it took two years before that cupbearer even mentioned a word to Pharaoh. How many of us know we cannot put our hope in man? The only real hope that we have is in Christ Jesus. You say, well, where is he? he I can't see him. Well, right now he's not tangible. You cannot see him. The woman that he told the woman at the well, he said, you must worship me now. Later, there's a time when men will worship me in spirit and in truth. I'm sitting at the well with you. I'm giving you a drink of water. You can tangibly touch me and feel me. But lady, there's a time coming when you must worship me in spirit and in truth. He is not tangible right now. If the Holy Spirit come down on you good enough, well enough, I guarantee you it'll stand the hair up on the back of your neck. I've had it done before when I'm sitting really in the presence of an almighty God when the grandkids are not at my house. I don't know why it is that the Spirit of God shows up so wonderful when they're not there. But I'm telling you, the, he, it, it, it's something about the Spirit of God that you can trust. But two years later, he mentions this to, to Pharaoh. And I'm sure Joseph was sitting down there saying, I have put some hope. I got a little bit of hope in a friend. Forget about it. People will let you down. You have to put your hope in God. I don't know about you, but I have discovered that when I'm down to nothing, God is up to something. And you've got to get that in your system. And so, but when, you, when your hope is in the Lord, you are investing in the rock of ages. When you put your hope in him, because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why wouldn't you want to hope in something like that? 
Why wouldn't you want to invest in that? That he's telling you that I, no matter what you're going through, you are investing in the rock of all ages. And he's saying, I never change and I never fail. My God, who wouldn't want to buy into that? I guarantee you, if you'll get some of this, you won't consider suicide. If you'll get some of this, you won't con consider divorce. If you'll get some of this, you won't consider giving in to lust. Can I get an amen in this house? You see, because he never fails. He said that I am the everlasting rock. I am the rock of all rocks. Upon this rock, you can stand. All else is sinking sand. I love God today because this is all I have. There are times when there's, there's nobody around. There's times when you're just pressing through the barriers all alone and you got to cry out to God. And he said, I am the rock of all ages. I'll never fail you in 1 Samuel 17 and 45. It is something interesting to look at. King David, he wasn't even a king yet, but David said to the Philistine, he said that you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. He said, I see you standing there with a sword and a spear and a javelin, and those are the things that you're going to come at, with, at me with. But I came to tell you today, sir, that I, I got my hope in God, and I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Can I get an amen? amen? Boy, that's some real confidence right there. When you're standing here and somebody's got all these tools and they got swords and they got knives and they're standing there, they're taller than you and they're bigger than you and supposedly bolder than you and much uglier than you. And you're standing there and you're telling them, I don't care what you say, my hope is in the Lord today. And all you got to do is tell them that, hey, devil, you bring a million, we'll kill a million. Y'all need to wake up, help a brother. He said, I, you know what, I... I see all this stuff you got on you. I'm not worried about that. He simply said to him, and let me tell you this, sir, my, my hope is in God. He said, yesterday I killed a lion and a bear, and you're next. See, that's the hope he have in God. And there he is standing there with a pouch with a few little rocks in it. And here's a man taller, he's bigger, he's bolder, and he's got seemingly sharper tools to use. But he said, I don't know what's happening with my brothers down at the watering hole. Standing there talking trash. You and you and the two of y'all are just the armies of Israel standing there talking trash. Your mama, yours too. No, little David said, no, I'm through talking. I'm through talking. You can say whatever you got to say. Yesterday, I killed a lion and a bear. May not be much happening today, but I remember yesterday. Some of y'all got to remember what he did yesterday. So you can bring your hope level up just a little bit. And David is standing there, and David said these words. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Boy, we need some people with that kind of faith and that kind of boldness right now to look the devil right in the eye and say, who is this that stand defying the ranks of Israel? Who is this that stand defying my God? Who is it? Show him to me. And there's always somebody want to push you uh, in the back of the crowd. And his brothers are saying, why aren't you with the little sheep? And David is like, I'm not talking about the sheep right now. I'm talking about that giant right now. Don't worry about the sheep. I'm talking about him, and he's going down today. And boy, that's confidence right there. In 1 Samuel 17 and 46, he said, David said these words. He said, this day, mister, 
the Lord will deliver you in my hands. I put the mister in there. I'm trying to be polite to someone who's about to die. <laughs> he said, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. This day, I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the carcass of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the creatures of the earth. Then the whole world would know that there's a God in Israel. He said, then they can look back. When someone does something special, we can look back and say, there must be a God somewhere. You ever heard anybody say that? When someone comes out of a car wreck and when someone has a miracle in their lives and something huge happens, they would say things like this, there must be a God. There's got to be a God somewhere. Why? Because something spectacular has happened. A miracle has happened. And we turn our eyes back to God and we say, there must be a God. And I'm telling you right now, he said, when I finish with you, the nation will stand there. Simply put, after today, the whole world will know and understand the God of hope. When his brothers were down there shaking in his boots and talking trash and would not fight, his dad told him, go down there and bring me a report. Tell me what's happening on the battlefield. It wasn't any battle. There was no fight. There are many of us in the body of Christ, we've stopped fighting. Somebody help me in this house. We've given up on ourselves. We've given up on our children. We've given up on our health. We've given up on our finances. I'm going to preach until I preach myself happy if I have to. We've given up, and we walk around with the biggest King James Bible in the state of Oklahoma, quoting Scripture but not living the Scripture. Everybody can quote it, but honey, can you live it? Can you stand in front of the, the giant and say, you know what? Things don't look good today, but my hope is still in God. You're going down today. My hope still remains. I may have lost my car, my home, my everything, but my hope still remains. I'm trying to, I guess I've got some leftover from the tent last night. It was hot under the tent. It's cool in here. And some people were sweating and they was under that tent and they putting fans on us last night. And I was like, don't blow no hot air on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I came to help somebody today. I came to tell you this morning that you cannot take on raising a family with no hope in God. You show me a man that's trying to raise a family that don't have any hope in God, that family is going down. It ain't going to happen. And we come out of our homes and we put on our smiley face, but our children are out of order. Why? Because you don't have any hope in God. And you cannot take on the attacks of the enemy without hope in God. When you're taking on Satan, you got to have some hope in God. You got to look him right in his face and tell him, you, you don't know who you're messing with. I am all that in Christ and a bag of chips. Can I get an amen? You got to learn how to see some of y'all don't know how to talk trash. You got to talk trash to the devil. You got to let him know every time you open your mouth, you lying and you got that from your mama. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got you to stand up. Do you know that we are the most powerful people on planet Earth? We're more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. That's some Superman stuff. More faster than a speeding bullet. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Y'all believe, believe more in, in, in Popeye and Mighty Mouse and Superman than you do God. 
I know I did, but I tied that little old thing on my back and jumped off my house, thought I could fly. <laughs> Gravity took over. And so simply put, he's telling him today, the whole world is going to know what's going to happen to you, dude. Because you're going down. My hope is in the Lord. And you cannot build a church without hope in God. Mosaic church will not stand without hope in God. Mosaic church will not grow without the hope and the plans of God. Mosaic church will not grow without you and your praying and your giving and going. It won't. You got to have some hope in God. That's the only way it's going to grow. And the women last night were giving their testimonies, and they said, you know, whenever we would see Pastor Jesse coming, we would literally run because he, we knew he was going to try and give us an assignment. Every last one of you at Mosaic need an assignment. This church will only go that high depending on how high you go. This church ain't about no Mark Crow and Jesse Buffett and the praise team and none of that. It's all about God. And it's all about you and what you bring to the table. It's all about you and what you say. It's all about you and how you cut off the enemy. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And so that was a young man last night, about 25 years old. After all that praying and all those, all those men that came to the altar last night, they came with hands in the air and tears running out of their face. You say, how'd that happen? It had to be the Holy Ghost. It wasn't, been, it wasn't me. It had to be the Holy Spirit. Greater is he that's in me. I don't take any credit for anything that God does. I always hide behind the cross. That's where you have to stay. If you can stay back there, you'll have a humbling effect in your life. It doesn't matter if a thousand men got saved or one man got saved. It's all about God. Can I get an amen? You know, he's not going to share his glory. You're not going to grab God's glory. And so last night, out of all those men that came to the altar... One man decides that I don't really need God right now. Or maybe he was a, a little bit ashamed. Or maybe strong men don't go to a weak altar. Come on, somebody. And so we're, we prayed for all these men. I mean, tons of them came to the altar. And there he was. I'm like, where was this young man? So we're headed to the last gate before you get out of the prison. And I can, this young man come running across the prison last night. Hey, preacher, can you save me? I said, no, I can't save you, son, but I know someone who can. And right there in front of the guards, right there before at Central, before you go out of the last gate, there he was standing there surrendering his life, asking God for hope and asking God to come into his life. That was a memorable moment for us last night. And Carla was there with us last night, and we're praying for this young man as, as, as he now got a newfound hope. And we did not send him back into the wolves. We found a pastor inside that prison, and I said, tell him what he just did. Tell him what he's about to go through. Tell him that the enemy is going to try to come kill and destroy. That young man went away with tears in his eyes. Isaiah said, we could renew our strength in this, in this verse as well. And then he went on to say, even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. He was exhausted. A young man about 24 years old who had put his hope in drugs and gangbanging and all this other stuff. And you know, it's ironic that on the way up there, I had seen this young man come into a service, and I was telling one of the ladies that rode up with us last night, 
about this young man, and I was telling her some of the things that he'd done. And when God changed his life last night, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and says, you don't judge and you don't uh, check out someone's character. He said, I get the last say-so. And boy, he did last night. I said, okay, Father, I understand. Amen? Because when you see the worst of the worst, God sees the best in them. We see the worst in them, but God sees the best in them. That's why I love prison, because they're real and transparent. And when you walk in there, they don't have on some fake halo. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you right now, they're not in there for baking cookies for the poor. And making sweaters for the poor, amen? They did something. But God is changing their lives. And so Isaiah also talks about soaring. He talks about hope. And he talks about renewing. I mean, you know, you got to renew your mind. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody throw me in jail, I got to renew my mind. I can sit in that jail and whine. Or I can go to Acts chapter 16, 25 and 26, where it said that at midnight, Paul and Silas said, I got to renew my mind. The Bible said they began to pray and things began to change. That's how you renew your mind. They said about midnight, they began to pray and sing. And it said that it changed the course of their mind. It said that all the prisoners were changed. All the prisoners heard them. Wouldn't it be amazing that your neighbors are next door and they hear you over there crying and singing? Now, I wonder what happened to the neighbors. We're getting free. That's how you change your mind, by the renewing of your mind. And he talked about soaring like an eagle. It is rapidly increasing above the norm. Don't you want to get, be above the norm? Don't you want to get above the norm when everybody else is running around complaining and crying? You want to be above the norm? It was funny last night. We had a, we had a good crowd. We stopped to eat. And so uh, when it was time to pay the ticket, uh, somebody uh, asked me a question because I'm always telling them, heaven ain't broke. And when I got the ticket last night, I said, boy, I hope heaven ain't broke. <laughs> Amen. And I was a little late getting out, and they said, Pastor Jesse, we thought you had to wash dishes or something. But I'm telling you right now, God's supply does not run out. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying? My hope is not in man. And I want to rapidly rise above the norm. You want to be above the norm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then it talks about eagles. Eagles carry their eaglets to safety, away from the threat of predators. Eagles are also known for their strength and their courage in dangerous, turbulent weather. Christians have some turbulent weather sometimes. But that's why I say we'll soar above our problems. We won't stay down here on the ground like a turkey. We're not a turkey Christian. We are an eagle Christian. Can I get an amen? And turkeys really don't fly unless they're really scared. You ever seen a flying turkey? But there are eagles, and he say that they soar in dangerous, turbulent weather, soaring above the storm clouds and to safety. We soar like an eagle. That's what we do. I wonder why I used an eagle, because the eagles are powerful, and they get way on up there, and they soar above the problems in life. We soar above the things that are bothering us and keeping us down and all the complaints in life. You must soar like an eagle. You must have hope in God. You must renew your mind 
and you must soar like an eagle and you must become above the norm. Can somebody say amen? amen. In Mark chapter 5, verse 25, it speaks of a woman with some issues. Give your neighbor a high five and say, yeah, you got some issues. They said in Mark chapter 5, verse 25, they said a certain woman that had an issue of blood 12 long years. How many of you know that's a long time? She's been bleeding a long time and she's hemorrhaging. And this woman put her hope in the doctors and found that she was getting worse. Isn't that amazing? She had been going to him for 12 long years and putting her hope in the doctors and found that she was getting worse. The Bible says in verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press and pressed in behind him and said, I've had enough of the doctors now. I've had enough of can't go anywhere. I've heard enough of this bleeding. Twelve years is long enough. And I've been going to doctors like they've told me to do. But I'm going to change some things today. I'm going to put my hope in God. And she said, if I can but just touch but the hem of his garment, I'll be made every which way whole. I'm going to change my attitude. I'm going to renew my mind today. I'm going to put my hope in something different today. I'm not going back to Dr. Dr. Bill or whoever he is. Dr. Bill said, take another pill and it'll give you another thrill. Not today. If I can just press through the crowd, I'm going to touch Jesus this time. Somebody tell, say this with me. And then Jesus came. And until that happens in your life, in my life, nothing's going to happen for you until Jesus comes. And you know what I like about it? She only touched but the hem of his garment. Jesus knew that he had to slow down a little bit. Maybe he was walking this fast. If he'd have kept going, she'd have missed him. But Jesus knew that somebody was trying to change their hope. Somebody was trying to change the way that they live. And I'm telling you right now, I believe that Jesus slowed down just a little bit so she could grab but the hem of his garment. And I like what Jesus said. He said, who touched me? When is the last time he said that in your house? Who touched me? And the disciples are saying, what do you mean who touched you? There are hundreds of people milling around here. What do you mean who touched me? And Jesus said, I know somebody touched me. I know somebody's changing their hope pattern today because I felt that healing virtue come out of me. Somebody touched me today. She changed her hope in what she was doing. She ain't mad at the doctors, but she said, I got to cut y'all loose. For she said, if I may touch but the clothes, the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And straightway, not next year or ten years later, straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that disease. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, we love doctors and we, we need them. I believe they're here for a reason. But if you're going to the doctor and you're getting worse you might want to change some things. Can I get an amen? And I want to say, as we get ready to close, in a few moments, every sick person under the sound of my voice, when you are down to nothing, your God is up to something. For those of you that are watching and listening right now, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. And I want you to remember that today. Sometimes you have to change your hope. 
When things look glim and they look dark, you have to remember to say that when I'm down to nothing, my God is up to something. Put it back on God. Put it back on him. And he's the one who's, who's telling us that we have the promises of God are yes and amen. I always go back to God. I always knock the ball with a backhand back into his court. It's your turn. What are you going to do with that? Are you hear what I'm saying? And normally when he hits it back over, it's something glorious. God doesn't miss when he hits, amen? And it always hits the target. When it comes over and things ain't looking good, just do a backhand back over to Jesus. What are you going to do with me not having a car? Can you handle that backhand? Y'all ain't ready for me this morning. Hallelujah. Put it back in his court. Boom, can you handle that backhand of sickness right there? Are you hear what I'm saying? Well, I'd like to say this to you this morning. We never close our service without an opportunity for you to do as that young man did at the gate last night. We never like to close. We always want you to have that opportunity. For those that are watching online as well, you can have that opportunity to change your mind. And maybe some of you right now, you're saying, I, I've got to change my hope. I've got to change the way I do things. I've been in this rut long enough. I've been getting up every day with an issue of blood. I've been getting up and, and things are not good. I, I'm losing every, I'm getting worse. I'm getting worse. I've got to change some things. My marriage is getting worse. I've got to change some things. My children are getting worse. I've got to change some things. Can I get some help in this house? You got to change something. You got to change directions. You got to think different. You got to talk different. You got to get up and stop all this yeah, 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 and let the devil know that I am the head and not the tail. I'll be blessed coming and going. If my God is for me, you can't be against me. I have been made more than a conqueror. That's changing your tune. That's changing your hope. You need to go outside. If you don't have a car in the garage, go out there and act like you got one. You see, there's a car going to sit on this side of the garage. And maybe on this side, there'll be his and hers cars. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Faith is a substance of things hoped for, but not yet seen. Stand up with me. I have a prayer for you today. I want you to repeat it with me. You love God today? I don't know, man. I, I don't care if it's 2 in the morning or 5 in the morning. I, I just love to preach the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Stretch your hands toward heaven and repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for renewing my strength. My hope is now in you. I declare today that I love you. And I trust you. I know that you are working behind the scenes on my behalf. Forgive me of my past life of sin and shame. Fill me with your peace and your joy as I have surrendered my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.